When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Backdoor. That's the nothing personal word of the day today. Backdoor. Now get your mind out of the gutter. I'm talking about a backdoor cover. You know what that is in gambling? Well, if you're on CBS Sports HQ, we're all about gambling, fantasy. You know what it is. A football team is favored by 14 points. They're up by 15. And the losing team at the end of the game does a Hail Mary, scores a meaningless touchdown, and the underdog covers. That's called a backdoor cover. Or in basketball, you're up nine, running out the clock, and all of a sudden a steal. The line is eight. You've got the favorite. The other team goes in for a layup. Boom. You've just been backdoored. Why am I even thinking about this? Well, other than the fact that it's a Tuesday. I'm thinking about it because the NFL came out yesterday with a bunch of possible rule changes. We talked about the diversity. We're not talking about that, the Rooney rule. We're talking about on-field possible proposed rule changes. One of them that is the most meaningful and the one I love is about onside kicks. They changed the rules with onside kicks a couple of years ago, and the likelihood of recovering your own onside kick went from about 20% to 10%. So if you're down two touchdowns, you score a touchdown, you then do an onside kick to get the ball back so you can get the ball back and try to score again and tie the game or go for two, win the game, whatever the case may be. But they made the rules because of all the players getting concussed. They didn't want all sorts of crazy high-speed contacts. So the offensive team, the kicking team, couldn't run, get a head start, yada, yada. Onside kicks became so boring. If your team, you're rooting for a team that's out of it, you're rooting for a backdoor cover, you're not getting it. No one's recovering an onside kick. It would just take a major mistake. When the XFL was still in business, that's the Vince McMahon-led company. Remember that lawsuit with Oliver Luck, Andrew Luck's father, the former commissioner of the XFL? The XFL had a rule for, for onside kicks for any kickoff that was absolutely perfect. And the NFL is thinking about enacting this rule. And here's what it is. You have two choices after you score a touchdown or a field goal. You can do a regular kickoff from the 30-yard line. You kick it through the field goals. What could be more yawn-inducing than that? There's barely any kickoff returns anymore. If you kick it out of bounds, it's a terrible penalty. You get, the other team gets the ball on, what, the 35 or something? Whatever. So now, instead of kicking off, you can keep your offense on the team, go to your own 25-yard line, and have a 4th and 15. So if you make 16 yards on the 4th and 15, you have a first down, you have the ball, and you can drive to another score. If you incomplete pass, or you run, and you only get 12 yards, you don't get a first down, then the other team actually gets the ball right at that point, which is on your 25-yard line or 28-yard line or up to the 40-yard line. So the other team has a good chance of scoring against you. So it's high risk, high reward. This will lead 
to tremendous numbers of backdoor covers. Because an onside kick, 10% likelihood, what is the percentage likelihood on a fourth and 15 play? Now, I'm going to get all the analytics guys. And by the way, I didn't look it up, didn't do the math, didn't do a computer program, don't have an Excel spreadsheet, not an incel, don't have anything at all. What I can tell you is that I like the odds of fourth and 15 in terms of backdoor than an onside kick. So will this rule be approved? And it got me thinking about all of the different hurdles and hoops that we had to climb through in baseball to get any sort of rule change. We had rules committees. We had competition committees. Then we had executive councils, ownership committees. We had full ownership votes. Then you have to go to the players union. Then if they don't like it, you have to install, say we're doing this rule, but we're going to wait a year. That's the rule of management versus union. But the conversation within baseball was always the same. Should we really be changing this rule? Isn't baseball just perfect the way it is? Why would we do anything to possibly mess with greatness? And my answer always was, I started in baseball when I was 31 and I ended when I was 49. And I always said to people, I don't understand, why is it that you have such a problem changing rules? And the answer always was, Because our fans don't want the changes. Now, there's the interesting rub. They're right. The baseball fans don't want the changes. But the problem we have in baseball, that's a dollar, Coca, a Friday dollar. By the way, you never told me what we're up to. And I know you're not keeping track, so now make up a number and start keeping track. The problem they have in Major League Baseball is that the Average demographic of a fan is in the 50s, as in me. Eventually, I'm going to die. And if you don't start skewing younger, and if the demographics of your fan base keeps getting older, then that'll be game over, 10 toes up, 6 feet under. Therefore, why not do something that brings in Younger fans makes it more exciting. So what are the ways to do it? One, you make it more hip. You make it more cool. You make the game faster. Pace of action, pace of play. Three, two, you embrace gambling because people gamble. You make it easier to gamble on baseball. You go, you make agreements with MGM, which they've done. You have lines. You have the ability to bet at ballparks to get people at the ballpark. You have virtual betting when you're on your TV. You have a, an investment in DraftKings, which didn't work out, and they divested, I believe. But you embrace that demographic, which tends to be the younger demographic. Five. Three. <laughs> I don't even know what number I'm at. Three. You make sure that the game changes with the times. NFL does rule changes all the time, NBA, NHL, and they don't go through that sort of moral coming to Jesus conversation where you've got older people fighting with younger people in a boardroom about why it is that you need to keep something the same. You look at your product and you have to look at it through the lens of today. You do focus groups. You talk to younger people. One of the problems is when you've got ownership that's all in the, in the demographic that's even older than the average demographic, very much sort of centered on the days of old, Brooklyn Dodgers, New York Giants, the baseball team, 
You've got people who just want things to always be the way they are because it feels better. It feels more comfortable. I always preach discomfort. When I'm asked to give advice to people on what is the number one, often I'm asked, what's the number one criteria to be successful? And the answer is to be okay with discomfort. Be okay with change. Most people can't stand change. They want everything to be the same because when it's not, they get a tummy ache, they get nervous, they're not sure how it's going to work out. That's the point. There can't be growth without failure. You can't possibly improve your product without once in a while releasing new Coke. It's going to happen. Another rule change the NFL is doing is they're changing that great New England Patriots, Tennessee Titans rule. I'm not talking about cheating. I'm not talking about deflate gate. I'm talking about the cheating rule, which made us all insane. And actually, the funny part is it wasn't even cheating, right? That was a rule. All these dead ball penalties where another 30 seconds would run off the clock and you had Bill Belichick doing it in order to run out the clock at the end of games by taking multiple penalties. And the Tennessee Titans did it. I want to say the coach, if I get this right, Coco, it'll be hysterical. Is it Mike Vrabel? I don't think it is, but that name is in my head and I don't have any idea. But of course, we're in the beginning of the show, so Coke is not paying attention in any way, shape, or form. So the name of the Tennessee Titans coach, I'm going to go with Mike Vrabel and we'll see if Coke cares. He did that against the Patriots and people lost their minds. Oh my God. And yeah, that was a rule. Now it's changed. No more of that dead ball fouls to kill the clock. I like it. I like what the NFL does. They're hip. They're happening. They embrace the younger people. I'm in. Baseball's got to do the same. One way to not embrace people is to have labor fights. That's something that we've known no matter how old you are, when you're in the game of baseball, when you're an owner, when you're a player, when you're an agent, when you're an executive, whatever you are. One thing you know is people don't care about labor disputes. And Major League Baseball, as you know, is in the middle of hell. And the reason why is that the union and the owners cannot get together on an economic issue that all employers are dealing with right now, and most employees have no say. Employers are dealing with the fact that we're trying to rebound from this pandemic. And by the way, congratulations to Florida. Our governor came out today, Governor Ron, and said, guess what? Youth sports is back in full swing. No rules, no regulations. And he had the line of the day. When asked, well, what are the rules? Like, what, what, what should people do about Little League or about lacrosse or baseball? He said, I count on the parents to be responsible. Mm, puts a tear in my eye. We understand, right, about being on the right, being on the left. We're not talking politics. We just know we've given you examples that Republicans want to give more power to the states from the federal government. Democrats want the federal government to have more power. That's sort of a general view. Don't at me at David P. Sampson with your exact definition of Democratic and Republicans and their views and espouse the differences. One of the major views is giving more power to the states or taking away power from the states. So Ron DeSantis was saying, listen, I got an idea. Let's let parents do it. He's acting like the federal government, the parents of the state government. Give them a chance. Here's the problem with that. If you don't have a set of rules for people to use as a guide, right, there's going to be a problem. I'm not saying the states shouldn't make the rules. So I guess um, what I'm saying is the Little Leagues better have rules. Because if you just start Little Leagues in Florida, where, by the way, it's 95 degrees. I went on a run this morning, almost plotsed. Yeah, check it out. Plotsed. 
that means I almost dropped because we are right in the middle of summer. In any case, so sports are starting. Things are happening. People are excited. No one wants to hear about a labor dispute. Landed at Coca. So Major League Baseball submitted a 67-page health plan. We saw it. We talked about it. We said the Major League Baseball Players Association was going to respond to it. And we knew when that response was going to come. You know how we know? Because we know very well that there we're going to have a problem with many of the issues. So we said they did a call. And the call was, all right, players, here's the document. You're not going to read 67 pages. So we put it in bullet points. We broke it up into pregame, during game, postgame, home, road. Talk to me. What's bothering you? Let's not leak this, but just tell me what do you think is too onerous? Wouldn't you know it? I think we had it as a wait to see. Did we have a wait to see Coca on the showering issue, on the hydrotherapy issue, on the rules on the road? I think we did. But in any case, one of the rules that was given to the Players Association, and by the way, the owners already walked it back saying this was a draft. This was for discussion purposes only. It's my favorite when you get a document when you're in business and the document comes draft, a big stamp all over it. It happens on legal documents, draft, or for internal purposes only, or for discussion purposes only. When your boss sends you a document that says for discussion purposes only, nine times out of 10, you can discuss it all you want, but the boss has made the decision of what he wants in the final memo, but he's trying to give you the illusion of power. So this memo, for discussion purposes only, went to the players, and the players came back and said, oh, we got to have a few adjustments. Some of the players have been on Twitter or on Instagram or on TikTok or on Fitcher. Is it called Fitcher, that thing that Blake Snow was on? He was on Fitcher playing video games, Margaret Fitcher. I, I, that doesn't sound, oh, Twitch, sorry. <laughs> forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. I'm tired as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. It's Twitch. So they came out and said, we got to have hydrotherapy. Can I tell you what hydrotherapy is? Players at the end of the game, they soak themselves. They get into a cold tub. They get into a hot tub. And sometimes you build a hot tub for one, like in the movie Major League, where you put the motor in, the motorboat motor, you put the motor on and it swirls it around. You sit in there and try to get yourself less sore. In a new ballpark like Marlins Park, we had several cold tubs and hot tubs, but it's sort of like a general whirlpool. You can't catch COVID through chlorinated water, but you also can't social distance. So could it be one person in a tub at a time? No one's going to wait around. Sometimes these guys are in the tub for 10, 15, 20 minutes. They're hanging out. But these players came out and said, we got to have hydrotherapy because we're going to be playing every day. I don't disagree. They also said, we got to make sure we protect our families as though the owners had no interest in the protection of families. They also said, wow, we need testing more. And they said, if we test more, then why do we need any clubhouse rules at all? Why do we have to not be able to spit? That was a big thing. We got to be able to spit our sunflower seeds. We eat sunflower seeds. If we're spitting in right field and no one's around, why can't we spit? I absolutely agree. 
When you're standing in right field, Vladimir Guerrero, we had a bunch of players. They kept, Vladimir Guerrero would put a vat of sunflower seeds, not even in a bag. He would take them out of his bag. Can you imagine how gross this is? Take the vat of sunflower seeds, put them into his pocket, put his hand in his pocket, shove them in his mouth. Here's the problem. Ground ball to right field. Oh, yeah, I've been licking my fingers. I'm touching the ball. I'm throwing the ball to the cutoff man, although in Vladimir's case, not an issue because he would miss the cutoff man. 90% of the time. So the truth is for Vladimir Guerrero, it wouldn't matter because he'd throw the ball in the stands. But for people who actually hit the cutoff man, they catch the ball in their glove, then they take the ball. It's going to have the wetness. And then if you go to your mouth, that's how you actually spread COVID. Now, you could argue with me that baseball has been doing that forever and there's been flu, Spanish flu, regular flu. There's been SARS. There's been Zika. There's been just regular sort of mononucleosis. There have been all sorts of things that may spread by saliva, may not. People don't get it. Well, that's not true. Our players would get sick all the time, but there's no risk of dying if you give that sickness to someone who you live with. So they want the protection of families, but they want everyday testing. And then I realized that we need to do a little more education. The education is the problem with even testing right now and why there is such an issue with professional sports starting is that even when, and my my treatise said, let's test every other day. Players want to test every day. So you have to get enough tests for starters. And there is no indication that there's enough right now that we could take away. Because if you're starting a little league, for example, are you not going to test everybody? You're going to have the parents and the kids just coming? Query? I think you got to test. But there is such thing as a false negative or testing negative, but actually having it. That's a false negative. That's not a nor. That's explaining what a false negative is. So even testing every day, you still have to be responsible. And there are certain things in the clubhouse that actually equate to irresponsibility. The Players Union also said they're worried about staff, older people like Dusty Baker, the 70-year-old manager of Houston. They're Strength coaches, they're pretty young. Trainers, some of them are a little old. GMs, some of them are a little old. Assistant GMs, those are pretty young. Coaches, some of them are pretty old. Front office people, this is a way to keep front office people out of the clubhouse, which is the dream. It's like a dream for the players. Well, we don't want to infect you. Don't come in the clubhouse. So the players really have to get their act together. They're going to submit a proposal back to MLB. There's going to be some back and forth. I don't know where this ends, but it better end soon because spring training is supposed to start June 10th. Today is May 20 something. So therefore, June 10th is today is May 22nd. Therefore, June 10th is 19 days away. Well, that was always an issue for players. They wanted the timeline. They wanted advance notice because they want to know when they have to be certain places because they've got very busy schedules. So they need to prepare. So. What does the union do thinking that this is a strategic move? The union was furious this week over a leak that came out of Major League Baseball of an internal email, which stated that the union knew very well that the March 26th agreement, which we've talked about in Nothing Personal, just to remind you very quickly, in one minute or less, there was agreement between the union and the, play and the owners on March 26th, which spelled out, how players would get paid for April and May, that there'd be $170 million advanced to the players to be split amongst all the players. It talked about service time, what happens in a canceled season, and it left open what to do if there can't be fans. There was an argument right now whether the union thought that there should be a renegotiation of the economics. They think no. Well, maybe Scott Boris thinks no. And the owners think 
there's no renegotiation. You know you've got to take a pay cut. So there was an email written from someone within baseball to someone within baseball, an internal memo that somehow got leaked. By the way, leaks happen everywhere. You know we've had leak talks. I love our leak talks. I love leaking stuff strategically, pointedly. This was a strategic leak, guaranteed, because it made it very clear that the union knew there was supposed to be and needed to be a renegotiation, but the union was furious. Articles are coming out left and right how the union is angry. I'm so angry. But guess what? The union leaked stuff too. Word came out immediately about the memo that the union sent to its players about what the union was doing during these negotiations. And I want to mention it right now to you because I want you to be very clear what the union does because they've got an agenda. The union said to its players, quote, as MLB misinformation continues to be pushed out through the media and various club personnel, raise your hand if you're guilty. Oh, by the way, if you're only listening to this, you can't see that I just sort of did a quick, quick raising down. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you. If you're listening, thank you for subscribing. You know we dropped the first Nothing Personal Samson sit-down with Dan Lebitar. That's available to you. 45-minute conversation on the wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget, please tell your friends about Nothing Personal, but please, and I know you're doing this, although I haven't looked because that's Mikey's job and Coca's job, but we're getting close to the end of the month. Please go on Apple Podcast, rate five stars, write a review, ask a question. I'll do a bonus pod first Saturday of June. Will be the end of month. Will be the release for the May bonus pod. Thanks for doing that. So, as MLB misinformation continues to be pushed out through the media and various club personnel, we wanted to provide some straightforward facts for player reference. I like that. We're not just providing facts. We're providing straightforward facts. We're going to make it so easy for you to understand that there can be no misunderstanding. My view of writing is you don't have to say that, I, that this is something that's straightforward. Let me be straightforward. Well, if you're not being straightforward, it means you're being unclear or disingenuous. Why would you be either of those? Just state the facts. One. The union is committed to getting an agreement, but no deal or MLB proposal has come yet. Hmm. The union is committed to getting an agreement, but no deal or MLB proposal yet. Do you know why MLB has not submitted an economic proposal to the union yet officially? Because there have been conversations at the upper levels, at the mid-levels. Here's what you do when you're making a trade. The presidents speak to each other. The GMs speak to each other. The scouts speak to each other. And you come back, you talk to your own people, and you say, hey, what do the scouts think about this guy? Hey, do you, think, do you think the president and the owner, do they want this guy? Owners to owners are talking. That's going on right now between MLB and the union. You've got conversations at the highest levels between Dan Hallam, Rod Manford, and Tony Clark. And Bruce, is it Mayer or Meyer, one of the, the, the hired guns by the union, who, by the way, was brought in purposely because he's a major litigator guy right? He's not exactly a, when you go into a dispute with someone and they have lawyered up with someone who loves to go to court versus someone who loves to settle, it gives you a good idea of really what's happening in that case. So the union brought in a hired gun who does not like settling. He likes litigating. Ooh, I bet MLB is so nervous. They're shimmering in their shoes. Is that a word? Shimmering? Shaking in their shoes. 
I think it's shimmering. It's like when you do that, that TikTok dance that I saw. I'm watching TikTok a lot. I don't know why, but it becomes like obsessive. And it's dun, 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 like they're touching their shoulders and they're, and then they raise their arm and they do like a, a hip twist and then they do it again and everyone looks good. I recorded a TikTok video of me doing it and I deleted it so fast your head would spin because A, every time I put my hand to my shoulder and raise it above my head, my elbow cracks, my back cracks, and I feel as though my L4, L5, L5, S1 sort of sciatica acts up. And then I've got some ACL and MCL pain and I crumple into a ball on the floor in the fetal position, sucking my thumb. Sorry, Port, that'll do it for TikTok. Two, there's no date as to the resumption of spring training. Really, thank you for that. This is the union giving straightforward facts to the players. Three, the union will provide time to arrange accommodations. This one made me laugh the most and here's why. I told you players like to know what they're doing, where they're doing it, how they're doing it, etc. I'm good. I always didn't understand, though, why players needed so much time and coaches, former players who are coaches and some coaches who are so high maintenance. We once had a, uh, a conference call. This is a much longer story for another day. But we held a conference call when we were becoming the Florida Marlins from the Montreal Expos. And we had a conference call with all of our baseball employees that we were bringing them from Montreal to Florida and spring training was about to start. And one of the people on the call said, and this will be a, a pod one day or some sort of something one day, but on the call, well, what day do I exactly have to be there? And how do I know where I'm going to go? Because at this time, we hadn't finished the transaction to move from Montreal to Florida. So there was a chance we were going to be the Expos. There was a chance we were going to be the Marlins. The Expos at that time had spring training in Jupiter, Florida. The Marlins at that time had spring training in Vieira, Florida, so about an hour and a half or two hours north. And so what we said was, here's what we like you to do. Start driving north, and we'll get back to you with what exit to take. True story. And the reason we said that is, just go to work. We'll tell you where to go. Don't worry about it. We'll give you a date. You'll get in your car. Of course, we know you need time to drive and pack your stuff and get on a plane or get your private plane or your private car or get into an Uber or get into your RV. We get it. But players and coaches, they get so antsy about that. The union will provide time to arrange accommodations. Thumbs up. Four, Major League Baseball has not responded to the March 13th request to see team financials. Talk about trying to stir the pot. There is no reason 95% of the players in the union do not care about that side of this argument. The higher-ups at the union, all the player reps, 30 player reps, and the people who work in the union know very well it is a complete non-starter that the owners are going to open their books because they all listen to nothing personal. But to put that in there and then to leak it out, trying to get some sort of Public outcry. These billionaire owners, they won't give the books to the players. Well, I'd like to ask about the private company you work for. How often do you see the books of your boss and your owners of your company? I'm just, I'm just asking. I'm spitballing. Do you knock on the door? Hi. Um, as I'm thinking about what my bonus is going to be and if I'm going to get a raise next year, more than the usual, maybe 3%, I was wondering, do you think maybe you could show me your books and I could then tell for myself how much money you're making and then I'll know how much money I should be making? 
Yeah, that's going to happen. It's a good one. So the union's leaking stuff, MLB's leaking stuff, and guess what? None of us care. You know why? We want baseball. It'll come. It'll come. In the meantime, the Washington Nationals aren't waiting. The World Series champions from 2019 have said to themselves, we have a plan and we're not going to wait. We want to give the World Series rings out now. We're not going to wait for a gate because that's what you do when we were giving out our rings. You raise the banner opening day, you wait five days, then you give out the rings, you get two larger crowds. Very common when you don't normally sell out. It's a way to get people to buy more tickets. Why wouldn't you want to do that? More tickets, more money. The Nationals realize there aren't going to be fans in Washington for quite a long time, and they don't want to hold on to the rings. So they're going to wait to raise the banner, but they decided to do a ring ceremony. How do you do a ring ceremony during time of pandemia? Ah, V-I-R-T-U-A-L. The Washington Nationals are having a virtual ring ceremony this coming Sunday, May the 24th. Or if you're listening to this on May 28th, the Nationals are having a ring ceremony four days ago. This virtual ceremony will include some fans, some special guests, the players. There'll be an unveil of the incredible ring. Coke, I should have worn my ring for this segment. Hold on, I'm going to go get it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. I mean, I could do that, but I'm not. Next week, I'll put the ring on. Maybe. I'm not teasing that, Coke. I'm just saying maybe I will. Usually, I save it for opening day and October and weddings, bar mitzvahs, corporate events. So the Nationals are giving the World Series rings out. Why Sunday? Because Sunday marks the one-year anniversary since they beat the Marlins 12 to 10, not my Marlins, the new Marlins. They beat the Marlins, our Marlins, not my, our, but not our, theirs. 12 to 10, and that was the beginning of their big turnaround. Remember, we were calling for Dave Martinez to be fired. The Nationals were the biggest disappointment. They were 19 and 31, and all of a sudden, they turned it around, made the playoffs, made the World Series, Howie Kendrick hits home run, yada, yada, the rest is history. So a year ago to Sunday was that game. They chose that. But what's better is they're doing it to raise money for charity. The Nats have something called the Nats for Good, N-A-T-S for, as in the number four, good, Nats for Good Community Response Fund. That is a charity that was started by Mark Lerner, who is the control person and owner of the Nationals. His father was involved, Ted Lerner, like a grandfather to me, who won that World Series last year on his 94th birthday. Couldn't have made me happier that he has a World Series ring now. So they started this fund to give back to COVID people, to people who are not COVID people. Well, maybe to people who've had COVID, but it's to people who have been deleteriously impacted by COVID-19, which is exactly what the ML Beer Challenge is. Today is day 68 of the ML Beer Challenge. And today we are giving money because we're doing $1,000 a day every day for the first 100 days of this challenge. We're not going to shave. Coke and I are not going to shave. We're going we're gonna to send something out on uh, uh, maybe next week with an updated picture of then and now. It's staggering. If you go back to some of the older Nothing Personal shows and see what it was like, I think we started in the home studio on March Coca just told me this. We were talking about this before the show. That's where my short-term memory is. Sorry, what's your name? Coca, right. Um, so I think we start on March 24th. 
And it is staggering to see the difference in 68 days. But we're not going to shave until MLB has opening day, which is why we're trying to figure out how to get to opening day as soon as possible. Although people are complimenting me and Coca on our beards. Well, 95.5. So it's day 68. We're giving $1,000 to Nats for Good Community Response Fund. If you are in the Washington area listening to this, or if you've ever been a fan of a World Series team and loved and liked a World Series ring, or you're the person who just bought Robert Kraft's Super Bowl ring for a million twenty-five. Robert Kraft's Super Bowl ring from the Super Bowl where they came back to beat the Atlanta Falcons down 28-3 at the half. I think it was at the half. It was in the third quarter. It may have been in the third quarter even. They were down 28-3, to came back and won that Super Bowl. Robert Kraft participated in something called the All-In Challenge. He was all in. Now, query, could he get himself another ring? Query, does he have two rings? My guess is Y-E-S. But it still says Kraft. It still says owner. And someone bought it for a million and $25,000. It's amazing, the memorabilia value of that ring. So even if you want to participate in that way, please go to Nats for Good Community Response Fund. Thank you very much. Philip Seymour Hoffman died in 2014. Philip Seymour Hoffman was one of my favorite actors, one of the best actors of a generation. He died way too young. He was in his 40s, died of a drug overdose. It was incredibly disappointing and sad. It left a mark in the theater community, in the movie community, in the world. Philip Seymour did a movie back in 2014 that was released that I had never seen until yesterday called A Most Wanted Man. So I wanted to watch Philip Seymour Hoffman's. It's called his penultimate performance because I think he was also in a Hunger Games that came out last year. But I think that A Most Wanted Man was uh, filmed before that. All I know is that it debuted at the Sundance Film Festival literally a week before he overdosed. I think my math is right. But either way, Philip Seymour Hoffman is in a movie called The Most Wanted Man. It is about spies in Germany and intelligence in Germany as they are in a post 9-11-2001. I used to be able to say just 9-11. We're 19 years past 2001, 9-11. And now there's a whole group of people who were born after 9-11. And to them, 9-11 is the same as Pearl Harbor Day or the Vietnam War or the Korean War or the Gulf War. It's just another terrible thing in history. So 9-11-01 happens, and all of a sudden, Hamburg, Germany becomes a hotbed of terrorist activity, and there are a bunch of different spies and intelligence organizations who are all after, yes, you guessed it, a most wanted man who had escaped from Chechnya or had just come to Hamburg from Chechnya. It is a, there's not, no guns, there's no violence. It's really like a cat and mouse game between intelligence agencies. Robin Wright as in Princess Buttercup, actually is in this movie as an American CIA agent. You've got Philip Seymour Hoffman, a few other recognizable names. Willem Dafoe plays a banker, the son of a man who had dirty money, and he now runs his father's bank trying to figure out how to deal with that. Rachel McAdams, as in The Notebook, that Rachel McAdams, Mean Girls. Well, this is Rachel McAdams playing an attorney who plays an attorney for the most wanted man. 
all in all, it got me thinking the movie is fine. It's not really great. It's a little slow. It's 122 minutes. And the reason why you should watch it is not because it's the best Philip Seymour Hoffman movie. The reason why you should watch it is to honor Philip Seymour Hoffman and to watch every work that he's done. I wanted to give you my top five Philip Seymour Hoffman movies. Here we go. Little known movie is number five. Not enough people saw it, and you should have if you haven't watched it. It's called Owning Mahoney. Owning Mahoney with Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's perfect. It's a down-on-your-luck kind of guy. I don't want to give anything else away. Number four. That's number five. Number four. Academy Award-winning turn when he played Capote, as in Truman Capote. One of the greatest next to Gary Oldham, who played Winston Churchill and won the Oscar for it. Philip Seymour Hoffman as Capote, phenomenal. Number three, anyone else like Heather Graham? Anybody? Julianne Moore? Anybody? Dirk Diggler? Mark Wahlberg? Yeah. Roller Girl? Boogie Nights. Burt Reynolds is in it. So Boogie Nights is number three. Number two, he's not the star. So normally I would say that if Philip Seymour Hoffman is not going to be the star, I can't actually have it in the top five, but I'm doing it. The Big Lebowski. Philip Seymour Hoffman is so young, he actually plays the assistant or the, the, the butler, if you will, in The Big Lebowski. And the number one Philip Seymour Hoffman performance is Almost Famous. The perfect Almost Famous. He plays a DJ who gives advice to a young writer. Philip Seymour Hoffman is is a writer and a DJ. His performance in Almost Famous is perfect. If you haven't seen that movie, I wish you would. Almost Famous is the number one Philip Seymour Hoffman performance. I want to give special mention because it's one of my loves is Philip Seymour Hoffman's character in Along Came Polly. It did not crack the top five, but it's Philip Seymour Hoffman having an E! Entertainment News documentary filmmakers following him who they really weren't following him because he was a childhood actor who became an adult, sort of irrelevant, not an actor anymore in the movie Along Came Polly. He is so good in that movie. Not a top five, but a special mention. Philip Seymour Hoffman, we miss you. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. So you want to talk to Samson? Yes, you do. You've come into my Twitter at David P. Samson. Ask a question in the DMs. 
We'll answer it. This was a topical one. Appreciate this one. Question. So you want to talk to Samson? You're talking to him. Why don't other leagues have the NFL's stadium lending program? What a great question. What am I talking about? Well, the NFL has something called the G4 lending program where the actual league, the NFL, lends money to teams. Those teams put that money into the construction of a new ballpark. Then those teams pay back the NFL. And guess who doesn't then get involved? Is there no public money for any NFL stadiums? Are all NFL stadiums then just built by private funds? This is a debate that goes back as long as I've been in sports and even earlier than that. The whole public financing discussion. Why should the public in any way have to fund any building that benefits private ownership. That's the argument. Billy Corbin makes that argument. I think he has a whole Twitter account devoted solely to saying that he's against public funding for private, wealthy businessmen. So let me just ask some general questions, and then I'll answer why other leagues don't have it. You know what? I want to start with why leagues don't have it. We tried to do that with Major League Baseball, never got approved because the feeling was that if this is really not talked about much, if Major League Baseball got into the business of lending money to baseball team owners so that all stadiums would become privately financed, then all stadiums would become privately financed. And in baseball, it is much more common, much more desirable to have a public-private partnership. That's all we did with the Marlins and Marlins Park in Miami. That's what happens in the majority of ballparks. There are some exceptions. Nationals Park in Washington, where they're getting their rings, publicly financed every dollar. AT&T Park in San Francisco with the Giants, it's called something else. It was called Pac Bell. I think now it's AT&T. Privately financed. Do you know how angry the MLB owners were, the owners of the Giants who privately financed their ballpark because they thought they'd have to do it themselves for their own new ballparks? But why is it that ballparks shouldn't have public help? To me, it actually makes perfect sense. What's the difference between, it's not, thank you, Coca. Coca's on it. It's Friday. It's late in the game. He is on it. He said it's now called Oracle Park. Thank you. It was Pac Bell. Then it was AT&T, I think. Now it's called Oracle Park. Anyway, privately funded. The government's job is to fund parks, to fund museums, to fund convention centers. The government's job is to fund libraries, places in the community that aren't there for the sole purpose of making money. But to be a world-class city, professional sports is part of the fabric of that community. Miami having professional sports teams in baseball, hockey, basketball, football. You are now a four-sport city. That matters. That matters when you're trying to attract other businesses. It matters when you're trying to attract tourists. It matters. It's all economics. You invest X and you want to return on that investment. Do all investments that the public make, do they all 
earn a return? No, but you have to make sure you understand how you're measuring it. My view always was that if you don't want to privately help fund a, a new ballpark in Miami, no problem. We just won't build a ballpark just like Wayne Heisinger didn't, just like John Henry didn't. Then the Marlins would not build a ballpark. Jeffrey Lurie was willing to put in 150, 160, $180 million to go toward construction. Are you going to find another owner to do it? No. Therefore, the team would then leave or disappear or be contracted. What's interesting is that there are cities where the entire ballpark is privately funded. People in New York, if you're listening, there are a lot of you. Well, there was no public money put into the Yankees, new Yankee Stadium or City Field. That is a lie. The public put billions of dollars into those facilities, just not into construction. It went into infrastructure. It went into something. It went into abatement, tax abatements. Do I blame the Yankees and Mets? No, of course not. What about private companies who get tax breaks to do business in your community? It's very well known down here in Miami where Burger King is headquartered that Burger King got tremendous tax benefits to continue to be headquartered here in Miami. That's not bad. That's called business. The NFL chose a different way to do business where they have decided that they wanted this fountain of money, this huge vat of money, and they're going to lend it to different teams and those teams are going to build ballparks. But do you think that in Los Angeles, that the new stadium being shared by the Rams and the Chargers has no public money in it at all? None? Not true at all. So the NFL just met and they agreed to give another $500 million to the Rams for the construction of SoFi Stadium. The price tag of that shared stadium is up to $5 billion. Marlins Park opened in 2012, 37,000 seats for $508 million. $5 billion. We've talked so often about the LA Stadium, how Jerry Jones is involved and the, the family. I keep calling him the, the officer Krupke, but it's cranky, cronky. I get it wrong every time. $5 billion price tag. They now owe the Los Angeles Rams $900 million to the NFL. They've borrowed 900. Now, the families have put in billions of their own dollars. So this is not a, a referendum on their involvement in building the, the stadium in Los Angeles. This is more about the NFL and understanding it had no other choice. They had to give the extra money because of COVID-19. There was a delay in destruction, in construction. Destruction, funny, Freudian. A delay in construction. They're going to have to pay more to get it ready on time. Then there's aren't going to be fans. And by the way, you need fans to bring in revenue, personal seat licenses when you paid to have the right to buy a seat. Personal seat licenses, concessions, food, parking, beverage, merch, all of that stuff is going to be missing from the new SoFi Stadium. They are going to have a very hard time meeting their revenue goals, not just this year, but into the future. The question is, will the Rams be able to pay back the $900 million to the NFL in a timely fashion? Wait to see. The Rams will default on this loan. I better be around a long time because we're not going to know this right away. But mark my words on nothing personal. The Rams will default on the terms of the $900 million loan from the NFL. It will have to be renegotiated. They will have no choice. They will look at the NFL. They're not going to do it on the phone. They're going to look right in the eyes of Roger Goodell and say, hey, I'm sorry, but it's business. It's nothing personal. 
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.